0: Well, what's up, young adults? We're glad you're here with us. And we are continuing this week in our Glow Up series. Last week, Jared brought a message on friendship. And just like Coco said, I would encourage you, go back to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find it on there. And so if you don't know what a glow up is, glow up is like, this is when somebody has a significant, like usually physical transformation. And it's, it's like, Hey, that's a good thing. Like, it's like, Oh wow. Okay. I, I personally love seeing uh, some of the guys, like they'll go home for summer or something. And then I see him again. I'm like, Oh, you came back with a five o'clock shadow. All right. I like that. Maybe added some muscle on had a little glow up. Personally, I don't think I ever had one, so, you know, more power to if you've had. But uh, we really don't, you know, we don't care about your physical appearance. What we're worried about is, man, what is going on in your life spiritually? That is why we are here. And so when we talk about glow up, we're not concerned with a physical transformation. We're concerned with, like, man, what if God did something in your life that was so obvious, not only internally, right, but externally to the people around you that there was a noticeable Difference. What if that glow up happened? And so tonight what we're talking about specifically is we're talking about stress, okay? We're talking about stress. And some of y'all uh, are probably stressed right now. You've been stressed or you're about to be, okay? It is that time of year where the calendar is full and things are happening. And so no doubt stress is a, is a part of our lives. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, how can we have a healthy view of stress. Because I don't know if you're like me, usually whenever I think of stress, I'm like, oh, that's a very negative thing. I don't want any stress uh, in my life. But uh, we have to have a bigger picture than that. And we have to have a healthy view of what stress is. It's not always this negative thing, but it definitely can be negative in our lives. And so we have to learn and we have to understand what does God's word have to say about that? Because if we polled in here, Every person would say, hey, I would like to have a healthier view of how to handle stress. I would like to have a better outlook on the stress in my life and how I should manage that. I want to, even further than that, I want to see what does God's word have to say about that. And so what we do here at Young Adults is we open up God's word and we see how does that apply to the situations and circumstances of our lives. And so I have two points for y'all right off the top here in dealing with stress, okay? I have two points for y'all. The first is this God's desire for your life is not that you would live in a constant state of stress? Okay? God's desire for your life is not that you would live in a constant state of stress. And on the flip side of that, God's desire for your life is not that you would live in a constant state of comfort. Anybody like being comfortable? Yeah, just raise your hand. How many of you like air conditioning and being comfortable in AC, right? We are people of comfort. We gravitate towards what is comfortable and what feels good. I am the same way in every area of my life. I want to be comfortable. I like to be healthy. I like it when my bank account looks the way I want it to. I like it when, for me, when my kids are behaving the way I'm supposed to and my marriage is going well. Like We want to be comfortable, all right? And some of those things are great desires to be comfortable, but the reality is that God will sometimes take us out of our comfort zone for our own good. God will sometimes put us in a situation that we would determine is stressful for our own good. And so before we kind of break those points down, I want to make this analogy, if you will. Y'all got a car, okay? And if you're like me, you don't know nothing about how it works, all right? But you're thankful to drive it. So when a warning light goes on in my car, I'm like, That's probably not good, and I'm just seeing dollar signs. When I see like a light come on, a check engine or something, I know that something is going on, right? And so I appreciate that indicator. Well, God has given us the emotion of stress as an indicator that, hey, something is going on in your life, right? It's an emotion from God, and we can view that as like, okay, I'm stressed. That's an indicator that something is happening here, and something's going on. Sometimes that can be a good thing and help us, and sometimes that can be something where we need to address the situation. So God's desire is that we would not live in a constant state of stress. How do we know that? What does God's word have to say about that? When we look at the word, what's the opposite of stress? I would say that it's peace. And when we look at scripture, 340 times out of the version of Scripture, the translation of Scripture we'll be reading tonight, uh, over 300 or 340 times in the, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's this idea of peace. Sometimes it's talking about personal peace, sometimes it's talking about peace with our neighbors and those around us, and peace with God. Peace is a theme throughout Scripture. What we see in the New Testament is that when we... Uh, have a relationship with Jesus and we are walking by the Spirit, that one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace in our lives, right? that we would see peace around us. So we see this idea that like, uh, I I look at the life of Jesus. Jesus encountered a lot of people's problems. He met people where they're at. He went through some things. I think of Jesus in the garden in Gethsemane before he was crucified. Sweating drops of blood. He faced some very challenging things. But when we look at the life of Jesus, there was this steadiness, and this calm to it. Can you say that about your life? Is there a steadiness and a trust and a peace in your life? God's desire is not that we would be in a constant state of stress. If you looked at a clinical definition of being constantly stressed, that would be what is identified as chronic stress. You know what happens if you are chronically stressed? You're at risk for high blood pressure, You're at risk for anxiety disorders. It's more likely that you're going to engage in uh, addictive behaviors around substances like alcohol and, and drug use, narcotics. It's more likely that you have a predisposition to engage in those things. That chronic stress has some really bad physical ramifications. That is not God's desire for our life that we would live in constantly like that. Now, on the flip side of that, and research has clearly laid out what would be clinically identified as like acute stress, short-term stress, okay? If you uh, owned a house and it started to flood, that would be like an acute stress. That would be a thing that would naturally make sense to be stressed about. Well, sometimes these stresses, I would even say as I prepared to speak this message tonight, there needs to be a little bit of level of stress or pressure, otherwise I'm not going to get it done. That, that, that when, uh, you know, researchers at UC Berkeley uh, found out a long time ago that as they looked at this, that when there's some stress present, that it actually helps us to be at an optimal level of concentration and, and thinking. It helps us to get stuff done. And so God uses that as well to drive us forward and to move us forward. So God's desire is not that we would live constantly in stress. And his desire is not that we would constantly be in comfort. I love Romans 5.3. I love it and it challenges me and I'm like, do I love this? It says this, it says not only that, uh, uh, Paul's speaking here and he says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. That's a tough thing to say. Paul is saying we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. That when there's challenges and situations in our lives, that it has the ability to develop a character and a hope within us. God does not waste those things. So as we understand that and that jumping off point, we have to ask ourselves, how, like, what is that healthy view of stress then? What is that healthy view of stress So I want to take us to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tonight. And they're going to leave it up on the screens for a little bit as we go through this and just kind of break this passage down. And I think this is a playbook and a game plan in scripture of how we should approach stress in our lives. And it says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So as we look at this, I've got three points out of this passage tonight that I think develop this game plan. And the first point is this, is that trust is the foundation of a healthy view of stress. Trust is the foundation. So the foundational piece right here is we see, what does it say? It says trust in what? In ourselves, in people around us, in our situations, in our circumstances. No, it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, and if you look and you did a word study here, I'd encourage you to do this. We don't have time to break it down uh, tonight. But if you looked looked at this word, Lord, this is the proper name for God as we see it in the Old Testament. He's saying trust in the Lord. Having trust is having a confidence in something and a certainty in something. It's trusting in who God is, who he says he is. So the foundational piece of of this healthy view of stress is where is your trust at? And our trust has to be with the God who is in heaven, who created us on purpose and for a purpose. He created us on purpose and for a purpose. Think about it this way. If you're not at peace with God, you have no peace in your soul, it's going to be really hard then to have peace with those others, with people around you, and with the situations and circumstances you're dealing with. But God has given us a way. His plan since the beginning of time was redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. How do we have, when we put our trust, if you've been around church, you say, put your trust in the Lord. How do we trust in the Lord? Well, it looks like this. It looks like, first off, admitting that on our own, we are sinful and broken people in need of a savior. It starts with that admittance. And I think that that's an easy thing. As we look at this room and as we look at our lives and certainly as I look at my own life, I'm like, man, I am broken and in need of help. I have done things wrong in my life that go against the will of God. I can admit that I am a sinner for sure. But what do we do next? We have to put, to have a relationship with Christ, we have to believe that he did indeed send his son Jesus to die on a cross, taking on the full payment for our sins. And the way I would describe it is this, is that God was over here, right? Perfect, holy, good, and we're here, right? Broken and sinful. God is holy, perfect, good. He can't relate to, he, can, he can't uh, be associated with our sin. So he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to bridge the gap for us, right? That we would have or be able to have a relationship with him. First Peter 3.18 says that Christ suffered once for all sin, the righteous for the unrighteous. Why did Christ suffer? It says that he might bring us to God. It's Jesus's death on the cross that provides us the opportunity to have a relationship with God, to be at peace with God, to be restored with God, to have life, new life, abundant life in Christ. It's Jesus's work on the cross that he was buried in a tomb and then rose again three days later. Why we can have a relationship with the God who created us. And we, when we believe in Jesus and we confess him as Lord of our life, right? When we admit our sin, believe in Jesus and confess him as Lord of our life, we enter into a relationship with him. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we are a new creation. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. That is the foundational piece. If you wanna have peace in your life, and you don't want to be overwhelmed by the circumstances and situations that present themselves, and we do live in a broken and sinful world, if we want to have peace, it starts with a relationship with God. We have to put our trust in the Lord. And once we've done that, it's not like, like once we've done that, it's not just like, cool, I'm good now, awesome. Yes, we are made right with God, but we have to daily walk with God. We need to daily be spending time with the Lord, putting our trust in God daily. That's what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. I did not marry my wife, and then never speak to her again, right? That'd be a bad game plan, all right? Uh, That relationship aspect is you're spending time together, you're walking with the Lord. This was something that was very challenging for me. My freshman year of college, this was a very challenging thing, all right? When I went to Missouri State University uh, as a freshman, my girlfriend from high school had just broken up with me. Sad, all right. Um, man, she got me good too. I was down bad. I'm telling you all that. So, um, my girlfriend broke up with me, and y'all, I didn't. I don't know about you, like I would talk to people in Missouri State, and they're like, "Man, this is easier than my high school." I'm like, "That's good for you," because I didn't do like really much at all in high school. I was just kind of like fiddle-faddling around, like I was there, you know. Um, <laughs> so I was struggling because I'm like, here I have all these new stresses in my life. But in that season, I learned what it looked like to daily walk with the Lord, to spend time with Him, to be in community, to be around other people who are walking with the Lord as well. And that is a game plan of how we combat the stress in our lives, is ultimately it starts with a relationship with Christ, but then it's that daily trust of walking with the Lord. And sometimes we have to look at our lives and say, hey, some of y'all are in stressful situations, okay, and I've certainly put myself there too. Sometimes, if, what does the second part of this, this verse say in this passage? It says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So if you're out there, the, the, the second point is this, is don't try and do it on, by yourself. Don't try and just make it through the stress on your own and, and, and just push through it. That's not gonna work. And don't try and just make up your own way of how you're gonna go about living your life. The beautiful thing about following Christ is that we have his word and it's a guide for us. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, right? That we have, uh, we, we have something that we can follow, that we can trust in. We have truth that guides us. We don't have to just be left up to our own wisdom. And sometimes stress is present in your life because you're not acting wise, all right? One of the most stressful things that that impacts people is around money. Anybody ever been stressed out about money? I've certainly been there. Well, some people are stressed out about money. They just bought the new Jade Nike Dunk lows. They went out to eat five times last week and bought 15,000 Modern Warfare points. And they're like, I've got no money in my bank account. I don't know what I'm gonna do next. It's like, wow, you don't know? Okay, let's take a look at that and maybe get a budget going and have some wisdom. Sometimes our own lack of wisdom impacts us. You know, I see this in relationships a lot where it's like a, a boyfriend and girlfriend, they just, they're together, they break up, they're together, they break up and it's so much drama and stress and, no, and they both want it to work and, they, and it's like, man, you're stressed out because you're not being wise in your relationship. Sometimes our own lack of wisdom can impact the way we feel stress, right? Sometimes our own lack of wisdom and what I can guarantee you is not just lacking wisdom but when we actually sin, When we actually go against the commands of God, it will lead to stressful situations in our life. Man, one of the things that, uh, as being a pastor here for a while and and, and having the opportunity to lead in this community is, sin hurts. Y'all know this, I know this, because I look at the moments of brokenness in my life where I've totally just fallen short and I see the stress that it creates in my life, and I think what we have to be careful of is we have to be careful of this sin cycle that can kind of we can get caught up in. What do I mean by that? It's like uh, you know, as we look at sin, what Satan's plan is for your life is that you would be stuck where you are, or you would be doing worse than where you are. His plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants you to be stuck in just this cycle of sin that's just this constant, repetitive thing that's stressing you out. And how do I know that? Because I've been there. And you know, I thought about this, and I I, I don't, it's not something that I'm proud of, but I would share this with you all in my life where I've seen this play out is, um, you know, I, I went through a season a couple years ago, and I have a daughter who's four years old now, and her name's Nova, and I love her to death. Um, she, she's my girl, right, and my, my firstborn, my daughter, and I want her to grow up and love the Lord. I want to be a good father for her. And what I, what I, what I was going through in a season a couple years ago Um, is that I just noticed that there was this underlying tension, this underlying stress in my life that because I really hadn't addressed it with the Lord, I wasn't really working through it with the Lord. I was just kind of going through the motions. What happened is I found myself, uh, stress impacts us all differently, okay? Uh, For some of you, stress makes you shut down and close people off. For me, when I get stressed, I ask this question all the time is, who are you when you're stressed, you're pressed, and you're tired, who you are when you're stressed, you're pressed, and you're tired is a good indicator of your spiritual health, of your spiritual growth, is how do you respond in those situations? Well, for me, I often have, time to, oftentimes have a tendency to blow up outwardly towards the people around me. I'll never forget, uh, I don't even really know what was happening and what was going on. I know that I was stressed, and I was in the kitchen at my house, and my, my wife and daughter were in the living room, and I remember just, uh, whatever was happening, I just imploded. And I turned around, and I, I, I right in front of my daughter, right, a moment I can never get back, I just turned and I punched the fridge in our kitchen. And you might think like, oh, that's kind of I was 30 years old. I'm, a, I'm an adult male that acted like a child in front of my little girl that I wanna set a good example for, of my wife who I'm supposed to lead. And what I notice is then is I I sinned, and that leads to more stress because I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, I feel so broken, I feel so worthless. How could I ever be a ministry leader? How could I ever stand and speak in front of people? And this cycle just keeps going and Satan's laughing at me and my brokenness. And so we have to ask the question is, how do we stop this sin cycle? Right, how do we get out of it? How do we stop this stress that's going on? We have to dive into the spiritual disciplines that God has given us and the community around us. When I had failed so miserably, you wanna know the last thing that I wanted to do was tell four of my closest friends how I had failed and admit that I needed help. I didn't wanna do that, but I knew, what does scripture challenge us to do? Confess our sins. I knew that I needed to confess that. I knew that I needed to be obedient in God in confessing. I knew that I needed to be obedient in God and leaning back into the word. I knew I needed to be obedient to God in spending time in prayer. I knew I needed to be obedient to God in engaging in community with other believers. And it's that when we lean into our spiritual disciplines, what God has given us, something we can control that helps us do something we cannot do on our own, that's what our spiritual disciplines are, it breaks that cycle. And if you want to overcome the stress and the sin in your life, you can start to even get out of that cycle before it even begins. And that's what we wanna see here, is we don't want anyone to be living under oppression, broken, and stuck in sin. And there is a pathway to freedom. And the work of God in your life and the power of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have the power, right? You don't have the power on your own, but God working in you has the power to break the chains of sin that are in your life, to break the cycle of stress. Sometimes when we try and do things on our own, when we're leaning into our own understanding and our own ideas, our own wisdom, we're gonna naturally see that stress comes and becomes a part of our lives. And my last point is this, okay, is what does the end of that passage say? It says that God will make our path straight, right? He's the one who is going to make straight our paths. Y'all have an idea for God of how your life should go? Anybody? Some of y'all are planners and you're like, I know what I wanna do next year and in the next five years. I know who I wanna marry. I know how I want this to go. I know what job I wanna have. I know how much money I wanna make. And this is point A to point B, how things should go. And we see a straight path in our mind and God does something different. But guess what? God's path is always the path that is straight. He sees what we don't see. His ultimate desire is not that we would just be comfortable our whole lives, he wants to see us become more like him, to reflect his image, and his glory, and his goodness, and to become more like Christ as we go about our lives. That's what he wants for us. So our idea of what's a straight path is not always gonna be the same idea. It's not always gonna be God's idea of what is a straight path. How do we know that? Look at scripture. Look at David, who's such a prominent figure in the Old Testament, as we see the life of David, there were people who were trying to kill him. As we look at you know Mary, the mother of Jesus, pregnant, a virgin, how do you think that situation went? How do you think the stress that she was under? When we look at the disciples, those men who followed Jesus so closely during his earthly ministry, that almost all of them were killed for their faith and following Christ. That did not seem like a straight path. What about the Apostle Paul who wrote uh, much of the Old, of the New Testament, many letters to the church? We see that he was shipwrecked, he was beaten for his faith, and ultimately he was likely martyred for his faith as well. That path doesn't always seem straight. And maybe those are extreme examples and that won't be what it is in your life, but God's plan is always better. Let me tell y'all something, here at High Street, we do what's called the residency program where we basically do, we say this, what if you committed 11 months of your life to God? What if you committed 11 months of your life to God? And so when we started this program, Um, I've always been a guy who I'm like, let's have two incomes in our house. I don't want money to be tight. I wanna be doing well. And um, you know I've always just been very focused on finances and I wanna have that comfort and security. I wanna control it, right? I don't want any stress about that. So we had our second child, my wife and I did. We had my son Cash. God bless him. If you guys see Cash, pray for that boy because he's something. Um, But we had our our second uh, son Cash. And uh, during that season, we were like, okay, What, Emma, what if you stay home? We prayed through this and worked through it. Emma really felt like this is what the Lord was leading her to do. I'd been resistant towards it for a while, but she wanted to stay home with the kids. It's like, okay, we'll even out. We won't pay childcare. We'll be fine. And then as we began to pray through it and talk through it, and the opportunity to go through the residency program came up, we were like, okay, God, like, we, we feel like you're calling our family to this. We feel like that. Emma should do the residency program, and I'm like, God, are you sure about that? Because she just like we we went from her working to watching our kids, not so that we could pay for more childcare, right? But so that we could have like some financial stability. And I was like, God, this path doesn't seem very straight, but we stepped in out in obedience because we felt like that was where the Lord was leading. And my wife went through that program, and it completely changed her life. I saw her grow in her leadership skills. I saw her grow, most importantly, in her walk with the Lord, in her daily disciplines with the Lord. I saw her uh, just engage in community in a new way, and God used that, and my family will forever be different because of that. My wife is a better mother, I'm a better father, we are better leaders at this church because of going through that, but it didn't seem like a straight path when it presented itself. But God had already worked out the details to see the financial provision that God gave in our life that was just totally unexpected and honestly felt like we didn't deserve, the Lord knew that the path was straight. You're gonna encounter things in your life where it's gonna seem like you might be there right now God, this is not where I wanna be. This is not what I wanna be doing. Why did you let me be here? And you need to stop asking those questions and start asking, God, what do you want me to learn where I'm at right now? I trust you, I believe that your path is straight, I believe you have a plan and purpose for my life and I believe you are concerned about my good. So instead of asking why am I here right now, I'm gonna start asking why and what do you want me to learn in this season and how can I serve other people in this season and how can I invest in others in this season? And how can I be a light to the people around me in this season? God sees more. He's got the bigger picture. And that's the beautiful thing of faith is we don't have to know it all. Some of you experience that stress in your life because you think you have to know every single thing that's going on and you have this control issue and you don't have to know it all. So practically, How do we deal with the stress? Let's finish with this, right? As the band comes out and we begin to close and have a time of response, how do we practically apply this to our lives? Here's my challenge to you. Here's my homework for you. The next time you're feeling stressed, maybe you're even there right now, what I want you to do, this is literally what I do, is I get out my journal, something just like this, and on the page I write down the emotion that I'm feeling, right? and I write down, hey, I'm stressed. That's the feeling that I have, I'm stressed. Well, what are the thoughts that are driving that emotion? What's under the surface? As as warning lights are on, or, or that, that, that's kind of going on this, this we're, we're, we're knowing like, hey, we're stressed, and there's something deeper underneath the surface going on. My question to you is, what's going on under the surface? What thoughts are driving this emotion in your life? That's the question I, wanna, I want you to answer as you deal with these emotions, as you deal with this stress, is what is driving those different things? For me, I mentioned that story of me uh, you know, just blowing up and imploding in an embarrassing way. What I found is I leaned into God and I began to ask the question, why am I so stressed? Why am I so angry? Is what I realized that there was this pattern in my life of thinking, anytime I had thoughts of like, I'm not in control of this situation, I'm not in control of my kids are acting, I'm not in control of this situation at work, I'm not in control of X, Y, Z, I realized, man, I'm not handling that well. And so what I saw is that, man, I have a trust issue. And the Lord opened my eyes to that and I could see it. But I had to get under the surface and see what's going on. And as you begin to write down those thoughts, here's what you do. This is not self-help, okay? I wanna be clear about that. As you begin to write down those thoughts, you take the truth of God's word and you begin to apply it for your life. Man, God, I'm really worried about what I've got going on at school. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this semester. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. Okay, God, I'm gonna offload that anxiety. I'm gonna gonna give it to you. I'm really worried about what's gonna happen next semester. And then you remember Matthew six, do not worry about tomorrow for today has enough trouble of its own. Elsewhere in Matthew chapter six, who of you can add a single hour to your life by worrying? And you start to see that as you take your thoughts captive and you make them obedient to Christ, obedient to the truth of his word, you can have victory and freedom over those things in your life not through your own strength, not through your own power, and not through your own effort, but through the power of the word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. We can't lose that hope. If you have a relationship with Jesus tonight, you've gotta remember, oh man, the God of the universe, the creator and author of all things, like he's working in my life and doing something. And that should give us the utmost and supreme confidence. And just like Jesus walked with this sense of peace and steadiness, you can have that in your life too. You know, I'll read this quote, it's from a a Scottish Baptist minister back in uh, 1854. And this is what he said, His, his name's Alexander McLaren. I think that's why they named it the McLaren sports car. That's just a joke. It's not my best one, I'll give you that. He says this. He says, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Anxiety, stress does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, of its problems, of its burdens, of its challenges. It only empties today of its strength. What if you took the next 24 hours of your life and said, God, I'm gonna give these things to you. I'm not gonna do it on my own anymore.